so much to pack in. The start of the Six Nations and the future of the WRU as we know it. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union Podcast. We'll hear about the Wales team to face Ireland. From Wales under-20s kicking off their Six Nations campaign from the Women's Celtic Challenge. A nice teacher on pupils story there. But of course, there's still a lot going on off the pitch for the Welsh Rugby Union. Chief Executive Steve Phillips resigning, an EGM for change to be held sooner rather than later. So let's hear from Acting CEO Nigel Walker. Being Chief Executive Officer of the Welsh Rugby Union is not a role I coveted, but circumstances have dictated otherwise. Uh, when Steve decided to step down over the weekend, I was asked if I would take temporary charge of the Welsh Rugby Union and I accepted and I accepted on the basis that we need to move forward. It needed somebody to take responsibility for that, and that's why I've accepted. And my job now is to make sure that I take the WRU forward as quickly as possible. Why should anybody looking at you, for example, have any more faith that things can turn around here? Because I've got experience of doing these things before. I've worked in organisations which have had similar problems. I've had to call in independent members, independent panels, call for independent reviews and I've worked through that process. The process we go through now is that we've asked for help. Welsh Government and Sport Wales are offering that help. An independent chair will be appointed. That independent chair will appoint a panel. We will work very closely with that panel. We'll open our doors, open our books. We want to get better. The first stage of addressing the issues which have been exposed, such as the issues that have been exposed over the last week or so, is to admit you've got a problem. We've admitted we've got a problem. We think we've made progress in some of those areas because of the changes we've made. This review, this investigation, will tell us how big a gap we've got to cover over the coming weeks, months and maybe even years. Obviously there is this independent task force, as you just mentioned, there There have been calls even in Parliament for an independent regulator. What do you say to that? Because isn't it fair that in future, organisations like the WIU and senior organisations aren't marking their own homework? I think that's a fair comment. We have to go through the task force, deal with that first of all. If there's an independent regulator, that's not something that I would have a a, a say on. We will work with Welsh Government, we will work with Sport Wales to make sure that they have got confidence in what we're doing, in our practices, in our policies. What is the risk here if things don't change? If if You mentioned obviously these things are now being addressed, but what's the the serious risk to this organisation if they aren't? We're talking about the future of the Welsh Rugby Union as we currently know it. It can't get any more serious than that. You've been through this as you entered the English Institute of Sport. How important is it to go through that process before so you know what's coming? And what was it like and what can the Welsh Rugby Union expect now? Well, it's an uncomfortable process to admit that you've made mistakes and to call in an independent body to rifle through everything that you've done and to mark your homework, for want of a better phrase, is uncomfortable. But if we're serious about this, and we are, that's the process you have to go through. And the first stage is admitting you've got a problem. When the independent panel comes in and they look at it, you just have to answer every question, meet every request, and when they present their findings, you then have to go about implementing and making sure that you're doing it with the honesty and integrity that it deserves. And in the end, those other sports, cycling, gymnastics, to name but a couple, do you think they ended up in a better place? Well, you do end up in a better place because you end up with a more robust system, a more robust structure. So yes, absolutely, as uncomfortable as it is, they are now 
getting back to normal. Certainly cycling have recovered. They're not complacent because I talk to people who are still involved in those sports, cycling and gymnastics, but in a much better place than they were a year ago, 18 months ago. How does this compare, do you think, to those scandals? It's alongside those scandals. How do you rate? Because they're slightly different. When an organisation has the problems that we've got, however you measure them on a scale, it's distressing, it's disturbing, and if you're not careful, you will be in a downward spiral that you don't recover from. We're not at that stage yet, and by calling an independent panel, hopefully we'll avoid getting to that stage. Some of the issues are around governance, which ultimately is the decision of the clubs. They refused an independent chairman at the last meeting. What happens if you get recommendations and the clubs don't accept them? Well, we have to make a compelling case. We're an organisation of clubs, a union of clubs. We can't move without the clubs. Given what's happened over the last week or so, if we make a compelling enough case, I would think you'd have to be a very strange club or committee person and trusted with the vote of that club if you voted against And finally, I presume part of this is going to be just diversity across the board. Absolutely. Diversity of ideas, diversity of skills, both genders represented, all parts of the community, social background. A board of that nature is one that is likely to take an organisation forward because it's truly representative of the society that it serves. A lot more to come there, of course. But the Wales squad preparing for the Six Nations... Well, they've had to concentrate on the matter in hand, which is facing world number one nation, Ireland. Welsh coach Warren Gatland has mixed the tried and the tested with the new. For example, Alwyn Jones in the second row, Joe Hawkins at 12. Let's hear about that blend now. Yeah, it's kind of like trying to get a bit of a balancing act. You know, in fairness to the players, and you know, there's been been surprised by the competition within the squad and just pleasantly surprised actually so we had a really good selection meeting last night I think for us for kicking off this first game is that you know, we're looking for a mixture of some experience and some continuity and we want to do well in the Six Nations but we're also thinking long term about the next 7-8 months in terms of the, you know, the development of some of the younger players who haven't had a lot of test experience them ready for, for France What about Joe Hawkins? I thought he was Really, really good against Australia for the, you know the, when he was on for that game and his, his start. Uh, he's a really tidy footballer. Neil Jenkins potentially thinks he'll he'll be a ten. You know, is an option. He's a, he's a good rugby player. He makes really good decisions, and that's it's a pretty pivotal role for us uh, at the moment. You know, as I know a lot has been spoken in the past about using guys to get across the game line, and in terms of you know, Jamie Roberts in the past and that. But you've got to find other ways. And this is a new, a new team with uh, players of with different skills and, and, and different strengths as well. And you know, he brings something that's a little bit different. And like I said, there's other players in the squad who, like Kieran Williams, been really impressed with him. He's he's got some lovely footwork, some great timing. He'll get an opportunity in this campaign too. So Joe's just a really good good footballer. And um, like I said, doesn't make many mistakes and, and a good decision maker. Lee Halfley has been one of the best positional fullbacks for years. How much is that going to help you? from what might be coming your way from Johnny Sexton, possibly? Not so much Johnny Sexton, but Gibson Park, I mean, he's, they'll kick a lot off nine. Positionally, as, as a defensive player, as you rightly say, look, he's been one of the world's top defensive fullbacks uh, in world rugby for a number of years. So much so that I've seen New Zealand teams take out clips of him defensively and positionally and, and use that as part of their review process as well. So, you know, it's good to see him back and... He's been training well and you know, we've got two experienced players in that position uh, that are going to compete pretty hard. So um, 
yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing them get out there on the field. Alan Wynn didn't start in the summer, but there's no Will Rowland. So was that the, the the tough decision between, you mentioned bringing people on, we've got the, the young Exeter boys, Reese Davis, but going in with such presence and experience? I think it was the experience at the moment. I sat down with Alan Wynn, we had a good discussion about where he is, and I just said we need to to bring some of those other second rows on as well and give them some, some game time going forward. He's well aware of that. He's been fantastic last week or so in terms of his voice and experience and and I want those younger second rows to learn from that experience. I said to him, you know, you've been around for the last 15 years and he corrected me, he said it's been 17 years. So uh, I've always been a great admirer of his, but we've got to go through the process of, of some transition. I'd love him to be able to make the decision when he calls time. and The back row, how, how did you come across that combination and getting two out of the three that were options as flankers? I think long term, I potentially see a good fight between Tommy and, and Justin and, and Jack, maybe for that seven jersey. I think we need to find that physical six, and I'm not saying that Jack's not a physical six because he's a great ball carrier and stuff, but you know, potentially that line-out option in terms of matching some of those bigger nations with terms of that size and physicality in the back row and that's whether we look at someone like Chris Chinzer in, in terms of that role and playing in the back row he's been doing that well for Exeter but there's some you know some you know definitely healthy competition within the back row and it's great to see Aaron Wainwright come back into the squad and it just needs a little bit more time with back in the team as well. Just in terms of the bench you've got the likes of David Jenkins there to presumably come on and get some experience is that what you're talking about starting the succession plan if you like? Yeah I mean you know the conversation with Alan Wynn is that you know I expect him to to bust himself for the first 40 minutes and we make a change early in the second half and then David comes on and gets some time in the in the second row he's been playing for with a side that's been going quite well he's been captain in Exeter I did have the conversation asked how many times that he's lost as a captain and he said he hasn't lost yet so that's a positive and yeah and then Reese Davis as well and even with Teddy he's, he, he hasn't been involved you know, much in the, in the last week or so only in the last few days in terms of training but he's been showing some good stuff so you know the big thing for those second rows is just being in the environment learning and developing and then understanding the intensity that that's required so a difficult balancing act. One player who has become a fixture in the starting 15 is loose prop Gareth Thomas, who's looking forward to taking on Ireland. I prefer to play the best because I want to be the best, so really looking forward to going out there and uh, going up against uh, the number one team in the world, so give them the respect, but we are there to, to do a job. What have you made of working with Warren Gatland over the last uh, sort of week or so? Yeah, I really enjoyed the, the fresh. The last week was really good. A lot of detail to take in. There's a lot of direction. We all know what we want to do, and yeah, it's exciting. Joe Hawkins at 12 as well, player you're obviously very familiar with. He's a, he's a big boy, but there's more to his game than that, isn't it? He's a talented uh, kid, isn't he? So I'm really looking forward to seeing him uh, this campaign. And um, yeah, hopefully he kicks on from the start he had in the autumn against Australia, which was, went really well for him. How important is it in, in campaigns to start well in terms of just generating some momentum? Yeah, it is really important to, to get that momentum going. Even from the regions have been playing well now to try and carry a bit of momentum into the, this game and then uh, hopefully kick on throughout the whole campaign, really. Ospreys have obviously been doing well recently. How much of a difference is it when you're coming into camp having enjoyed some success at regional level as opposed to maybe you know having a tough time of it? 
yeah, it's, the last couple of couple of months really with Ospreys have been really enjoyable. Boys are having a lot of fun on the pitch, um, which is rare for us. Really, we haven't really enjoyed that much in a, in playing rugby for a long time. So um, carrying a bit of that into training and stuff because a lot of the boys are stuck together really and. Yeah, it's it's nice to be able to go out there and have a bit of fun as well as playing playing your hardest. There are six Ospreys in the pack. No surprise after the way it's been going the last couple of months. What's changed? Because the early part of the season wasn't as good, and now you're sweeping most people in front of you up front. Well, yes, yeah, a lot of work coming from Duncan really and Rich Kelly with the lineouts and stuff as well. But we've kind of gelled as a pack. The rotation stuff with front row has worked nicely for us. It seems to have clicked really and quite confident in going into every week what we are capable of. If you go to somewhere like Montpellier in there, huge pack and come out of it the way you did, that must give extra confidence. Yeah, like I said, the confidence in the scrum, in the whole scrum really, isn't it? It's not just an individual thing. I, I believe like the work the back five are doing is what making the front row a success really. So uh, it's just a whole eight working together and we're going to need the same this weekend. And the old campaigner, Alan Wynne-Jones in behind you, what does he bring to it? I know him and uh, and Beedy, both of them. They just push like uh, like hell. So uh, more of that this weekend would be uh, lovely. Two in the back rows, well, Jack and, and Justin working together. How important is that familiarity? And, and Jack especially has started in, in um, had his first start last year. Went away to work on a few things, but he's been on fire this uh, this season, hasn't he? Yeah, Jack's been unbelievable. And Tips, uh, both of them working together. It's uh, it's nice to to watch when you're on the pitch, like and it gives confidence. Like some of the shots that Jack put in in defence makes you want to do another one. So um, there's a nice like blend of, of us like boys at the minute and um, working together. Uh, I can't wait for for Saturday. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But before that, on Friday evening, Wales under-20s kick off their campaign in Colwyn Bay. Graham Gillespie went down to training and spoke to outside half Dan Edwards, Captain Ryan Woodman and first coach Byron Hayward. Byron, you've selected your first squad of the season. Tell us about the squad. What do you think of it? Yeah, by and large, it's pretty much full strength. We've got two players who are unavailable for injured, Morgan Morse and Ollie Andrew. But uh, by and large, uh, we're in a good place and we're looking forward to the game Friday. Okay, and what about the back line? It's a pretty settled looking back line. You're ha- happy with that? Yeah, very happy. Like I say, Ollie's out, probably one of the players from last season. But um, Leon Morgan has come in and played exceptionally well against Poland and deserves his opportunity to start. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think our back line is, it is a strong back line and it's an experienced back line at this level. And provided we can get enough possession or parity, I think um, we can cause Ireland some problems. And speaking of Ireland, obviously they've been the, the leading lights, if you like, in the last couple of years. How big a challenge are they going to be up in North Wales? Well, they'll be a massive challenge because they are Grand Slam champions. Irish rugby is flourishing at the moment and has been for a number of years. Mm. So it's a, it's a massive challenge for us, but it's, it's one we will, we're looking forward to and it's the reason why we're all in sport. You want to play against the best and we have the best team first up. So it's something the players and management are all looking forward to very much. You've been in the game a long time. You know winning, just like losing, is all about momentum. As a result of beating Poland, there's been a surge in tickets, up to 1,500 already. So looking for over 2,000 on Friday. That's going to be good for the boys, isn't it? Yeah, that's excellent news, Aris. Um, and I did play some ex- exceptionally good rugby against Poland, and hopefully that's helped get a few more ticket sales. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, crowds everything for us, momentum. 
in games. It's a, it's a five-game season, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so you have to start off well. So uh, we're all looking for the same outcomes, really. Now, without trying to put any words into your mouth, what are you hoping to get out of the Six Nations? What I'd hope for, and what we have, is two different things. But what I'd hope for is that, you know, we challenge him for a championship mm. at the end of it. I think we'll definitely be competitive this year. I don't know about that. We're in a far better place than we were 12 months ago simply because the boys yeah. have played a lot of rugby this year and we've had good preparation in terms of our last couple of months leading into this tournament. So I expect us to be competitive wherever we play against this year. So Ryan, firstly, congratulations on becoming the captain of Wales under-20s for the forthcoming campaign. Happy? Yeah, really happy. Looking forward to it. It'd be a new experience, like I said before. Um, see what happens with it. Now, in the past, you look at certain players, you can say right straight away he's captain material. Yeah. Maybe some wouldn't say that about you. So what makes you think you're going to be a good captain? Um, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. Well, I, I never said I would be. It's the, it's the coaches that think I will, but um, I think... So what makes them think that you're going to be a good captain? More leading by example on the pitch and off, right. and off the pitch rather than talking. I just show what I can do and people follow, right. I think. So someone like, uh, I know Byron mentioned, like Alex Mann, he yeah. just led from the front, didn't say a lot, but yeah. he sort of, everyone else sort of followed him, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. Exactly like him, really. Last year, obviously, we lost heavily to Ireland. Yeah. Are there any scars remaining from that? No, I think... A lot of the boys that were here last year that uh, experienced that aren't here this year. Quite a fresh squad, especially forwards-wise, and I think this year we can go in with real confidence and we can turn them over. I think we have a real chance to, to prove that we can do this time rather than concede too much early and then lose the game. Now, there's obviously plenty of talent in the backs. Can the forwards give them plenty of ammunition to fire? We've been improving week on week as a, as a pack. We've got the players, big boys, especially a big second row. And um, I think, yeah, if we, if we click on the day, we'll good job now it's well documented we've had four players from the last under 26 Nations squad go on to get into Warren Gatlin's squad are they big inspirations for you guys coming through I think I said before they're an inspiration for anyone doing under 20 just proves us right around the corner that they were doing it six months ago mm. seven months ago and I think especially for the older boys in the squad if they carry on the way they're going maybe step up one or two more gears and they can join them in the squad so come the end of the Six Nations, how will Ryan Woodman determine whether he's had a good tournament or not? Probably personal personal goals. You sort of know how well you play in the games. Obviously, winning will be nice. And if we get that first win, I think it'll make it a lot easier to carry the momentum onwards. So, But I also think, personally, winning, winning isn't everything. Not in taking it into the future. I think now it feels like it, it is, but I think two, three years end time is not going to be and how you perform on the week will be. So uh, last year, it'd be fair to say, you sort of came into the squad in unknown quantity. You sort of, uh, in the first game against Scotland, had an eye-catching performance. I, I can still remember Byron <laughs> raving about it now, but are you worried that this year, you know, people are going to know about you? You know, you're not, you're not going to be an unknown. People are going to be targeting you? Yeah, I think, um, not necessarily targeting, but I think there's a lot more pressure pressure on me to perform like last year going to the Scotland game it was just sort of he's a young lad see what he can do yeah. and I just went out did my own thing but this year obviously there's a lot more pressure to perform and if I don't then all eyes are always going to be on me So uh, what's it like being one of the youngest members of the squad actually captaining the squad where there is quite a lot of seniority in there you would be looking to those guys for support Yeah, yeah obviously on, on the pitch they're going to be helping me out like said Dan Edwards he's uh, quite a senior boy in the team quite a leader obviously look to them for help because like I said it's new for me but because I was here last year, it helps me out a lot. I obviously know a lot of the boys here. I've experienced it as well. So even though I'm quite the young young ones, I've got as much experience here as the older boys as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, Dan, it's that time of year again, Six Nations against Ireland. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, really look forward to it, uh, especially after them winning the championship last year. So it's nice to bring them to Colin B and, and just give them a real challenge. Yeah, this time last year, um, a lot of players possibly could have been scarred after that brutal uh, opening round against Ireland. Are they scarred or is it just, you know, 12 months ago they've forgotten about it? Uh, hopefully boys have forgotten about it, but it was obviously a good learning curve out there as well. But yeah, it's really gained us experience to go up to Colin Bay on Friday night and get a win in front of a big crowd, hopefully. So even then, as a better result, that was the following week you came out and bet Scotland. So there's plenty of ticker on the side, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. Um, in this competition, you've got to take each game as it comes. So I think that's a big thing and everyone, it's just one goal in it, win the competition. And that's what we're all here to do. So this season, as opposed to last season, we've actually had quite a decent run-up, haven't we? You had games against like Poland, for instance, Scotland, and uh, the team has looked pretty sharp, haven't it? Particularly out wide in the backs. Yeah, um, we've got a sharp back line um, looking pretty good. We've got a young front five and a young, well, a young pack all together, mm. so hopefully match and beat teams up front, and then obviously just let a flare in the back line take over. So the fact that a lot of the boys up front are sort of new, that a lot of people won't know a lot about them, do you think that might help you going into these games? Yeah, I think that could help as well, not knowing what we're going to bring. So hopefully we really front up in the, in the front and we give our backs ball to, ball to play with. But yeah, I'm pretty confident that we can do it. Now you're one of the, the boys returning for a second campaign. How can you help like the likes of Ryan Woodman, who's captaining the squad for the first time? Just back him, really. If he needs help or anything, then like decisions on the field, then just give him that help. But he's a good enough player and he's got enough experience in this, in this age grade to do it by himself but obviously working hard as a leadership group and just to really help each other At the end of the Six Nations how will you look back and think yeah we've done alright this time Obviously finish above last year but like obviously winning it would mm. be everything but if that doesn't happen but I just think we've got to be happy and proud of every, every performance we put out there Can you look back to say in the summer in Italy where you reached the final and played you know the junior spring box because you played some pretty good rugby en route to that final can you look back on that experience you know going into this campaign uh, yeah definitely um, we've gone over a few games from what we've done out in Italy and had looked what really worked for us mm-hmm. um, but yeah I think that can work again just in this campaign and really push teams right to the end and get a win now it wasn't that long ago you had Joe Hawkins alongside you and now he's playing with the big boys I mean, I mean do you have a Talk to Joe about that, like you know, how, how time flies, that sort of thing. I uh, don't need to talk to him about that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, look, he, he's an awesome player and he fully deserves it. I miss Dav and Chris. So. You made him the player he is today, though, didn't you? Oh, no, definitely not. No, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, players like Joe, Davis Jenkins, Chris and uh, Mason Grady, you know, they were playing with you six months ago. The fact they're now in the senior squad, does that show you guys that you know there is a pathway there that could be you in six, seven months' time? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, look, a good campaign could mean getting some game time with the regional. So, and then and it was a big step from there, but it's not as far as we think. Mm. But I've like, just got to keep pushing and working hard and then hopefully get there one day. Okay. Good luck, Dan. Thank you. Now on to the Women's Rugby Celtic Challenge. A development team for Wales, but also a mixture of experience and promise, including a really nice story, as we'll hear. After an opening narrow win against the Thistles of Scotland, it was an equally narrow defeat against Combined Provinces 15 from Ireland in a match at Cardiff Arms Park. A chance to hear first from coach Mike Hill. I was really pleased second half. I think show what we can do. And there was some frustrations from my side and the players' sides when we came in at half-time about how we performed in that first half. Gave way too many opportunities, way too much field position. 
And then when we keep the ball and we apply pressure, I think we saw what we can do the other end of the field. I said, I don't never want to lose a game, but to lose the way we did, we still play and play with that intent. I was really happy with the girls. And now we've got a week off this week, leaning into two more weeks. I just said, we've got to start our training like we mean to go on. That driving ball proved a real deadly weapon, just like the, the senior team. <laughs> yeah, the birds have done an outstanding job with that ball. Now we hopefully have opportunities off it as well. But yeah, to have that as a threat going forwards, like it's a big weapon for us. There's a few players that stood out for me. The young centre, number 12, Jenna Devira, she, yeah. she looks a, a good prospect. She honestly has been outstanding. She's been a leader, like as an 18, 19 year old. She sets the standards. She tells us exactly what she wants. Um, defensively, you probably can hear her from the other side of the field, telling the forwards where they need to be. She's got a massive prospect. Like for us, she's someone that definitely could develop well within the senior environment for us. There was a few older heads in there as well, nine internationals, you know, I was going to ask you. <laughs> what were your thoughts of uh, bringing Sean and Harris into uh, a lot of eyebrows raised into what was named a development side? Yeah, I think for us, we, we always knew girls that aren't getting game time in the Alliance as well. We've obviously got the Six Nations coming up. And also, when you look at the other side of the field, there's quite a few internationals there. We wanted to make sure we get a balance. Like, we have got the young likes of Gwen Hopkins uh, and Jenna Devere and Kath Richards. But we just wanted a few older heads in there to, to make sure we get a bit of guidance around the field. They've been really good at training as well. So Sean Ed's like stood out, especially with the back row, is doing the extra bit of work. Like as I said, when Abby got announced as captain, she's been outstanding. Kat Evans, when she's been able to train again, just the girls seeing what they do pre-training, the standards they set, the extras they're doing, all of a sudden, like I don't need to step in, that's coaching in itself. So the girls see what that next level up looks like. So that was the reasoning for that. Like we got what we expected. It was going to be a, a more physical game, a tougher game, and yeah, it was close at the end. Just wondering what was said, if, if anything, at half time because it it looked like a, a different sort of team come second half. Uh, I think we spoke quite honestly. We spoke about a couple of things before the game and stuff that the girls are in charge of. So their own physicality, their own efforts to get up and get back in the line, whether that's attack and defence and. We saw it, like the first two defensive sets, we, yeah. we put pressure on and we got two turnovers and then it's just about making sure when we get messages on, that's relayed, like nothing's changed, exactly what we've done in training and they're, they're seeing the rewards for it, quite cyclical isn't it, like yeah. we put ourselves in positive cycles yeah. by doing the, the things we know we can do well. That's what we said at half time and we spoke about it at the end as well, just uh, like we never want to put yeah. ourselves in that position to be at half time, but yeah, that's what was said at half time, really. And you kind of felt, you know, a couple of more minutes, and you know, that movement, particularly at the end there, you know, showed that you can never sort of rule them out. Yeah, uh, I, kept, I did keep asking for time checks at the end. <laughs> uh, I was just like, how long we got? How long we got? But it's just that retention of the ball. Like, we know we've got threats, we know both sides, so it's just making sure we can keep that ball, keep territory, keep possession and then we can apply that pressure. I think if we could have got an extra few minutes yeah, in yeah, there, yeah. I think we would have been really close at the end. And obviously, yeah. like the girls have been outstanding when we yeah. get close line. Something we only talked about like the back end of last week. And yeah. I think you can see most of our tries come yeah. from that. So we're just looking for those opportunities to get in the opposition 22. And it's watching on, you know, roles were reversed, weren't they? And, and you know, they kind of went into their shell a bit, whereas you seem to dominate that second half. Yeah, I think when we we came in, like territory and possession stats were like below thirty percent for us, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just once you don't have it, it's so hard to, yeah. to get that momentum. Flip side of that, when you've got it and you can yeah. keep ball, and you make teams defend, 
all of a sudden like we build momentum in the game that's all we want we want those like a few phases to give us that momentum yeah and then i thought we started showing with the backs as well like getting yeah. that ball to yeah. the edge which maybe we didn't do as well last week as well rugby's such a momentum game yeah we just need to keep momentum better yeah. in two weeks time what will the the girls take now from a game like this then and, and just give us a sense of what can we expect now the next few weeks months sort of leading up to the Six Nations in terms of the plan that you guys have got? So we've played two games now. We yeah. had, I think, eight girls not involved last week, yeah. starting this week. So it's about making sure we get as much exposure. I'm already thinking for when we play the Thistles at home that there'll be some changes. Want to see some more girls and really just keep exposing those girls that are going well. How do they keep going? give other girls opportunities and for me it's, it's probably going to be constantly about getting a balance and then Yoan's yeah. at the game watching it and the other senior management is then about who do we think it's right for to step up and yeah. even if it's to just train understand what that intensity is like what yeah. it's like to be a professional we'll probably start picking like those girls that we think it's right for yeah. to, to step up and have an opportunity to train with us. And from your point of view then in terms of you know leading this sort of group of players what, what do you learn as an individual as a coach? <laughs> to relieve some control <laughs> let, let people do their own areas no it's been good for me like the management staff we've got is outstanding like everyone's just bought in added stuff like mm. especially People like Jamie Cox, who's like running the SNC, he, he's added massively to, to what a life of a professional looks like from yeah, a physical yeah. point of view, from a supplements, from everything around match day. I think the analysis, Tom Shepard, he's done an outstanding job as well. Again, the girls probably never been used to this amount of analysis, and it's, it's also us being smart about how we go around it. We don't want to overwhelm them. Yeah. We want to give them a little little taster, so then they know. Actually, when I step up. Yeah. This is what it's probably going to look like, yeah. but we don't want to overwhelm them at yeah. the same time. So, yeah, from my point of view, it's been great to be able to run the programme. And then obviously when we get into Six Nations, sit back yeah. and get back into the set-piece yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, a nice story with experienced international Shunard Harris playing alongside former Astlavera pupil Mel Nayak. Let's hear from them both, starting with Mel. I really enjoyed, you know, the build-up to it all, training has been good, been hard, and then obviously game day has been really exciting, getting to know new girls, getting to know new coaches, it's been a really exciting experience. And what a sort of step up has it been from playing your, your club rugby with seven sisters to being in this almost international yeah. setup? Um, I've been involved in the emerging before, so I've sort of known like what it's all about, but it's, I think, completely different to that, it's another step up again sort of thing. So yeah, a lot different, but really exciting. You won by a point last weekend, lost by a point oh, today. Yeah. Uh, mixed emotions. <laughs> yes, very mixed emotions. I think the second half really showed what kind of rugby that we can play. If only we had started the game like that, I think the scoreboard would have shown something different. But proud of us all, always. To Sean and Harris, big inspiration for you. So Sean and Harris used to be my teacher in school. Oh my gosh, she's showing her age. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, I played rugby when I was younger. Then I stopped when, you know, you have to, the boys had to play and then the girls had to play separately. And then when Sean had came to our school then, she sort of brought rugby with her. So she got me back into the game. So to play alongside her today is Which school really special. Aslavera. Yeah, and what was it like packing down with her today? <sighs> scary, because I know that she can be a bit scary. <laughs> but no, yeah, she still had her teacher hat on with me, I think, to come on, Mel, come do this with me. So yeah, it's really good. How would you describe her as a person and a player? Determined, strong. She's amazing, isn't she? Everyone can see her. Not just our team, team she plays against. Everyone's frightened of her, but in a good way. And a few eyebrows were raised when she was named in this team. But, mm. but what sort of 
leadership and qualities does she bring to two younger girls? Um, to me especially, because obviously we play you know the same position. So to have her in the training with us and you know to play alongside her has helped me. She's been telling me to do this, to do that. So she's sort of had a coaching role, sort of within the group. So it's been really, really helpful. Yeah, I feel old, <laughs> but really proud. Um, I actually coached Mel a couple of years back when she played for the Emerging Squad, her and when I went, so that was really good. But to play alongside her, like I said, feel old, but really proud as well to see how far she's come in her rugby journey. Is your teaching hat still on? No, I relax a little bit when I play rugby. She probably sees a different side to me and I see a different side to her, which is good. But she's also um, working in Oslover now, so she's, um, she's a co-worker as well, as much as a co-rugby player, so as a teammate, so it's really good. How much potential do you see in her? She's only 21, but... I see a lot. I... I remember when I first seen her playing rugby in a Slavera and I think she, she said to me then, oh, I'm a 12, and I looked at her straight away and I said, no, you're a back rower. You're a six or an eight. To see her then obviously develop through the age grades, playing for seven sisters as well, and seeing her on this level now playing at six and eight and played seven today. And it's just, it's just really nice and it's really humbling as well to see how far she's come. What was it like being back in the action there today? Really good. Um, obviously, I've been missing a few game times and stuff um, with Worcester. Uh, coming back from World Cup as well um, with a bit of a shoulder injury so it was just really good to get back out there really and get some minutes under my belt. And were you proud of the way the team came back in the second half? Yeah, really proud. You know, first half we knew it wasn't good enough. Um, we spoke half time saying that we felt it was a bit quiet maybe out there that maybe, um, I want to say shell-shocked but just we, we weren't doing us, we weren't playing to the best of our ability and you know, Abby spoke to us half time, Mike spoke to us and I think second half you just um, you saw our, our character which is really good. And of course, the Women's Six Nations kicks off straight after the men's. So that's it from a busy Welsh Rugby Union podcast this week. Maybe things will be a little quieter next week, with Ireland to reflect on and Scotland to preview. But who knows? Until then, goodbye.